Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Three is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who has the day off in Detroit, Michigan, where the Pelicans will play the Pistons tomorrow night. Well... Not the way you want to start the five-game road trip for the Pelicans. They fell last night to the Celtics, 108-100. to Turnovers killed the Pelicans last night. They had 18 of them, and the Celtics capitalized with 21 points off of those turnovers. Anthony Davis led the team with 34 points and was 15 of 16 from the foul line. Eric Gordon finished with 21 points, and Tyreek Evans had 19 off the bench. Drew Holiday did not play in the second half due to a right ankle inflammation and hopefully we'll have an update today on his status for tomorrow's game. For the Celtics, it was Jared Sullinger with 27 points and Jay Crowder with a career-high 22 points that led the way. It seemed like when the Pelicans would make a push and uh, things got under control, they would turn the ball over, and the Celtics took advantage of that last night. After the game, a frustrated Monty Williams spoke with our Sean Kelly. Well, hopefully the Pelicans can bounce back when they face the Pistons Wednesday night, who have won nine of their last ten games since waving Josh Smith. The Pelicans also made a trade yesterday. A familiar face comes back to the Big Easy as the Pelicans acquire Quincy Pondexter from the Grizzlies in a three-team deal. The Grizzlies get Russ Smith from New Orleans and Jeff Green from the Celtics. The Celtics get Austin Rivers from us and Tayshawn Prince from the Grizzlies, plus a Memphis first-round pick, and also the Pelicans acquire a future second-round pick from Memphis. Quincy was not with the team yesterday, but hopefully will be with them today. Everyone that's a part of the deal has to complete and pass their physicals before they can report to the team, so hopefully that gets done today, and Quincy can get to practicing with the team, and hopefully will be ready to go tomorrow against Detroit. Before last night's game, Sean caught up with Pelicans GM Del Demps, to talk about the trade and much more, you probably heard some of it on our broadcast last night at halftime. You'll hear the whole thing today here on the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer will also be on today's show to talk about last night's game and how this trade affects the Pelicans rotation moving forward. And uh, also, while the Pelicans were playing in Boston last night, a national championship college football game was being played 
in Dallas. Congrats to Ohio State, who took down the number two ranked Oregon Ducks last night, 42 to 20. The Buckeyes are your first national champions under the new college football playoff system. I'm sure former Saint and Buckeye Will Smith is happy today. We had him on the show yesterday to talk about his Buckeyes, and he was there last night watching his team win a national title. On the other end, we also had Jairus Bird on the show yesterday. He talked about his Oregon Ducks, and unfortunately, they couldn't capitalize on the four Buckeye turnovers. Again, they fall last night to the Buckeyes, 42-20. We'll have Tulane head football coach Curtis Johnson on to help break down the game, and we'll also get an update on his football program in his first year in the American Athletic Conference. So a busy show for you today. Let's get started. Coming up next, Sean Kelly's exclusive interview with Pelicans GM, Del Demps. Mardi Gras is just around the corner, and Shreveport Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with the crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. As I mentioned, the Pelicans were involved in a three-team trade yesterday, acquiring Quincy Pondexter from the Grizzlies. And before the game yesterday in Boston, our Sean Kelly sat down exclusively with Pelicans GM, Dell Demps. Well, Dell, pending physicals, it sounds like you and the Pelicans are a part of a pretty big three-way deal here in the NBA this weekend. Yeah, we are, um, you know, we made a trade. Uh, a lot of it took place over the weekend a lot of talks but you know the trade call was actually today um you know we're really excited and thrilled to have Quincy Pondaxer coming back and playing not as a Hornet but as a Pelican this time he's one of those few guys that have had that uh that rare opportunity to play under both names haven't he yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so uh yeah we're, we're pretty fired up to have my whole coaching staff and it just shows what type of person he is how everybody wanted him back when did you get in was this something that happened pretty quick you know Memphis was at our place on Friday and everything else or has this been something that you'd been in talks for a long time about you know there had been some conversation because you know we we, we miss Quincy um, and we were looking forward to uh, you know the opportunity of possibly getting him back and way too long to talk to him <laughs> <laughs> and then Danny Ainge gave me this call and he basically he came to sat right next to us right now to all the fans and uh, I offered him some swampland, but he wouldn't take it. <laughs> I don't usually get to have both general managers in the interview, but I'll, I'll stick with your thoughts. Tell me, what, what will Pondexter be like for you now as opposed to his rookie year run with the ball club? You know, he's, he, he's a proven player now. You know, he, he, he's a multi-position defender. Um, you know, he can guard threes, twos, ones, some fours. Um, you know, when he when he came to us as a rookie, you know, he had played a lot of power forward in college, and now he's made that conversion to a true small forward. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're there's a lot of guys around the league that have been very successful and helped teams win, like you know, like a Cephalosha, a Bruce Bowen, 
um, Damari Carroll. I mean, there's a Corey Brewer. A lot of these guys in the league that have his skill set, and we're hoping that, you know, he can bring that to us. Dell, he'd been playing behind Tony Allen, and, and he has playoff experience. When you look at his, his experience now and, and where your rotations may shake out to be, is Quincy Pondexter perhaps a starter for your team, or does he play more of the role that he's been playing in Memphis? You know, that's premature to say right now. You know, I, I think that's, you know, that's a little unfair to, to get into that right now. I think, you know, the first thing is we want to get him in here and, you know, get him working with the team, work with the coaching staff, and then, you know, we'll see how it goes. Your, uh, your trading of Austin Rivers and, and Russ Smith, I'm anxious for your thoughts on, on how you felt about that, that part of the move. You know, it was tough. You know, I'll start with Russ. You know, he's only with us for a little while. He's a player that, you know, we really liked in college. And, you know, he was starting to come around. You know, he wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but, you know, we thought that he could be someone for us in the future. You know, we had assigned him to the D League where he, he had played well. Um, and I think he's a great guy. You know, he was a gym rat. He was always in the gym. And, you know, he, he was a focal part of this. You know, he, they, they, you know, wasn't like, you know, there was an option not to put him in. Um, with Austin, you know, you know, he, he was kind of here from ground zero and we're starting to build this thing up and starting over. And, you know, I thought that he was continuing to improve each year and get better. And I thought he had turned into a two-way player. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, you know, we had a log jam at that position. And um, for a number of reasons, you know, I, I think it was probably time. You know, and I, I want to really thank him for his contribution because I'm a really Mr. Person. Cause, you know, he's, he's a great kid, um, intense competitor. You know, he, he, he leads his emotions on his sleeve. And, but, but basketball is important to him. And, you know, we wish him nothing but the best. Is it me or does it seem like the trade market has been very active here recently? And I don't know if it's just the timing or anything else, but maybe it's because everybody else around your team right now was making some kind of a move. Is this hyperactive right now in the trade market? Teams are loading up. Yeah. You know, the West is tough, and, and everyone's getting better. You know, you see Dallas and Houston and, you know, now Memphis. And, you know, you see all these teams in Phoenix. They're, they're adding guys. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to become a complete team. You know, one of the things coming into the season, you know, we really want to acquire um, a more defensive presence at the center position at small forward. And I think, you know, we have accomplished that now. Um, to put along with our core group. Now, Quincy instantly becomes part of our core group. You know, he's about the same age as our core guys. And, you know, Anthony's um, 21, but, you know, but with Ryan and Drew and Tyreek, uh, Omir, all those guys are, you know, they're, I call them young veterans. You know, they're at their athletic prime, and they've all been in the league like four, five, six years. And now's their time. You know, they're in their prime. You know, they're not rookies. They, they've They've fallen for all the tricks, and, you know, they know the league right now, and it's now it's time for them to prove themselves. All right, so open roster spots. And, again, I, <laughs> I know you're not going to share a whole lot with me here, but uh, do you have to fill another roster spot? Are there still needs that, that may, maybe perhaps you could share at least just the need that perhaps another player can fill for you? I think we're going to just look at it right now. I think we're going to hold Pat, and, you know, if something comes available, it's gonna, we think it's an opportunity to make our team better for the short term or long term. We'll definitely look at it. Um, but, um, you know, we're comfortable with this group right now. Yeah. But like I said, if there's something that comes available that we feel like can make us better short-term and long-term, we'll we're, you know, we're, we're a proactive group. Del Monty says that this is perhaps a separation trip. If there's a chance to make a move or be better than a 500 team, this may start here in Boston tonight. Um, are you in agreement with that? Do you, uh, do you sense that this team has to make some kind of a significant push 
as far as what you're saying about your core group and, and moving forward? It's a big test. You know, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. You know, um, you know, we're coming on the East. All the games on the road, first of all. So they're road games. You know, it's not like these games are all at home. They are road games. Um, but, you know, we're going to play a hungry Boston team that's young and up and coming. You know, Detroit's one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Philly's playing better. And then Toronto may be the best team in the East. And then we go to New York. And so it's not going to be easy, you know. But, you know, we're coming in here. And like I said, this, this will be a good measuring stick for us. Time for results, though, is that I guess that's what, what I'm kind of getting. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to put you into a corner, but I think that's a, probably a legitimate question for the fans in that there's building a core and then there's getting results from that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's an important trip. Okay. Fair? Fair. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll let you get back to Danny Age, by the way. How about that? Yeah, maybe you'll give me some more players. <laughs> All right. We hope to see Quincy out there tomorrow when the Pelicans take on the Detroit Pistons. When we come back, we'll stick with Pelicans Talk and check in with Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. We'll be back in a moment. At the Auctioneer Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Joining me now to talk some Pelicans basketball is none other than Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Jim, Jim, hope you are staying warm in Michigan this morning, my friend. I'm trying to. I haven't really gone outside yet. And given that it was about, I think it was like four degrees last night when we landed, I think that might be the wise choice today to try to stay inside as much as possible it's definitely uh reminds me of where i grew up in upstate new york as far as january goes so we'll see yeah i would stay inside i mean i i get pretty cold when it hits like 30 degrees here in new orleans i can't imagine if i had to deal with four (laughs) degrees up there in detroit (laughs) yeah and i think it's also minus i think the wind chill they said it feels like minus 15 last night so yeah I'll, i'll be doing that (laughs) <laughs> All right, well, let's stay warm. Let's talk some Pelicans basketball. Tough night last night for the Pelicans. As I mentioned earlier in the show, they fell to Boston 108-100. to And I played Monty Williams' interview last night on Pelicans OT, and it was uh, a lot quicker than I thought. It was about a minute and a half, and he seemed just it was very he seemed very frustrated after the game last night. Could you sense that you got that feeling in the locker room as well? Yeah, I think it's been the case for – probably a couple weeks now, maybe longer than that, that it's just been kind of confounding of how they can play so well some nights and then have other games where they don't play well at all and they don't look like the same team they did in the previous game. It's hard to believe that the game before this, they played a really good game against Memphis, and I thought 
it was really never to me it was never really in doubt and Memphis is one of the best teams in the league obviously so it's it, I think I remember the Houston game they absolutely destroyed Houston and then came back the next game and lost and so it's just it's just I think they're just frustrated that they can't figure out why they're not able to to build on some of the games where they look they've looked so impressive can you pinpoint some of the reasons why they can't build on these wins. I mean, like you said, they win games at home against San Antonio, Houston, Memphis, Phoenix, even the Thunder. They've beaten playoff teams, but then you go on the road against the East, 0-7 on the road, losing to teams like Indiana and Boston. Boston, who's traded away all their players. Why is there such a big difference between home and road and the consistency of how they play? I can't explain it completely. The one thing that I keep looking at and going back to is if you look at some of the individuals, their stats are so much better at home than on the road. And I think if you add up, if you have a rotation, say, or if you have nine guys that play a lot of minutes on a given team and five or six of them play individually play a ton better at home than on the road, it stands to reason that you're going to have a lot better home record than road record. But um, I, that's about the only thing I can really point to is just um, – I think besides Anthony Davis, a lot of the other guys have been inconsistent, and I think that's what ends up leading to the, the team overall being con- inconsistent. So I think probably one of the solutions is to just have more consistency from individual guys, and I think that'll that'll lead to you know being able to know what you're going to get out of the team overall from game to game. One of those players I've kind of noticed is Ryan Anderson. You see spurts of him having really good games and then games that he struggles. Is it our team starting to figure out how to play when Ryan's on the court and he's not? He's a guy that I really can't see creating shots, and so if his shots are not there, he's not going to get them. Is it something that you're seeing a lot more bad shots taken by Ryan only because these teams are finding ways to uh, guard him? I think. There's no, I don't think there's any doubt that he's had to, he's taking tougher shots than he had in the previous two years, but I wonder a little bit if you know, and I think Monty's touched on this a little bit and addressed it last night, that the way I don't think that Monty was calling out Ryan in particular when he talked about how sometimes the team plays selfishly, but I do think that the fact that he's not being set up for the kind of quality shots that he has in the past two years might be part of the problem as far as the way the team is playing. Um, I mentioned this last night on Twitter that it seems like sometimes they, when they, when they get in situations where like Monty talked about last night, where in his eyes, the, the team is playing selfishly. It seems like there's stretches and this happened a lot last night. I think for really parts of almost or parts of both halves where Guys were passing when they they were trying to get, get their shot off, and it was like there's five seconds on the shot clock. They got cut off, and it was like, okay, now i got to pass. And if you're a guy receiving that pass, you're not going to be in good position to score. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens to Ryan sometimes, especially earlier in the season when the bench was kind of in flux. I think he had to do a lot of stuff on his own, and he, he's not, not really that kind of player. He, he needs to be – um, set up for open shots, and he's one of the best shooters in the NBA when he when he gets open shots. So, I mean, I think I think that's it. It could be a little bit of teams adjusting to him, but I think overall he hasn't been really in a put in the same situations as he has in the past couple of years, where 
he could get on a roll offensively because he was not taking so many contested shots. That's a good point, Jim. Uh, it's Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Uh, the team officially made a move yesterday, Jim acquiring a familiar face in Quincy Pondexter. Austin Rivers goes to Boston. Russ Smith goes to Memphis. Uh, what, what did you make of the trade? I mean, I I think the biggest thing to me is that a few, even a few weeks ago or even recently, I think small forward has still been a, a big question mark. Um, before they before they signed Dante Cunningham, you know there wasn't there wasn't really a lot of certainty there. And now, even though I know Quincy hasn't gotten off to a good start this season, I think if he plays the way he can play between him and and um, Dante Cunningham, I think they'll be able to cover the 48 minutes at small forward every game. Whereas before it was kind of you know piecing it together and hoping that certain guys would play well and there was a lot of changes from game to game as far as who was getting the minutes um for example last night it it seemed like um John Salmons played um a handful of minutes in the first half and then in the second half Luke Babbitt got those minutes so not to say that those guys aren't we're not going to see those guys at all now but I do think that between Dante and Quincy you can cover the small forward position and I think the depth of the team is will definitely improve with, with Quincy here. Well, not only does it affect the rotation as far as a small forward position, but also with Austin Rivers guard, gone, it affects the guard play. Um, we saw a lot of minutes from Jimmer Fredette last night. Does this mean that Jimmer's going to get a lot more than we've seen him before? How does this impact the rotation as far as the guards? I'm not necessarily sure if he's going to play a ton more than he has. Um, but I do think that he's going to be more consistently part of the rotation, and hopefully that means that every game we'll see him, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes. So, I mean, I, the stretch that he had right after Christmas where he had three games in a row where he had double-figure scoring, and um, I thought the Spurs game, if it, unfortunately that wasn't a win because of the crazy play that happened at the end of regulation, but if, if the Pelicans win that game, I think people look back at it and say, man, Jimmer – was a huge reason why why that turned out to be a win. And then he had a, a real big game against Phoenix that was a crucial game given the um, Western Conference playoff race at the time. So, I mean, I, I'd be happy to see him every game. I think he's shown when he gets playing time that he can make a nice impact. Drew Holiday missed the uh, second half with a right ankle inflammation. Have you heard anything about him? Do you think he'll play on Wednesday? What's the latest on Drew? There hasn't been any update on him so far. Um, the team is practicing today in Detroit, um, so I'm assuming that we're going to get more of an update on him today and then le- leading into tomorrow for the game. Um, I have noticed that he's been um, – it, it, it's hard to read too much into this because the players ice get iced all the time, but I have noticed it seems like he's been icing his um, – his his ankles a little bit more than he than he had been. I didn't really think anything of it at the time, but after I saw what happened to him as far as his injury last night, it made me made me wonder if you know he's been just kind of playing through some discomfort a little bit more recently. All right, Jim. Everyone is circling this road trip on the calendar as a, a I would say a make or break trip for this mm-hmm. team with five Eastern Conference teams, four of them with sub five hundred record. How important is it for this team, given how competitive the West is? to finish this road trip winning the last four or at least winning three of the last four? I think it's huge because um, the team that the team that they're, that they're closest to in the standings is Phoenix, 
and Phoenix is in eighth place right now. The Pelicans are in ninth. Um, Phoenix has a two-and-a-half game lead on the Pelicans. The Pelicans could have cut that to one-and-a-half last night, but obviously with the loss, didn't. And Phoenix is about to go into an eight-game homestand. So you have your, your longest road trip of the season, and the team that you're trying to catch has their longest homestand. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's big that they at least stay in contact with eighth place and that they don't drop any further behind because with as good as the West is, I don't know if you can realistically fall, you know, five, six games out and think that you're still really realistically in the race. So it's, it's definitely big. Yeah. And you look at the the next game against Detroit, people think, okay, 14 and 24 Detroit should be no problem. But this team, I believe is winners of seven of their last eight and just been playing great since they uh, waived Josh Smith. Yeah, they were five and twenty-three at their at their lowest point. So they had a seven-game winning streak. Then they lost to Atlanta, which has been tearing up the league. So there's no there's no shame in that. And then they've won um, two in a row since then. Okay. So yeah, they've been. Yeah, their record doesn't look great overall, but if you look at just what they've done in January, they're probably one of the best teams in the league. Definitely one of the best teams in the East. Yeah, absolutely. Should be a good game tomorrow night in the Motor City. That's Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Jim, what can we look out for today on the website? Well, um, we're hoping to see Quincy Pondexter at practice today. I'm not sure if he's going to be cleared to practice because, as Monty mentioned last night, I think I'm not sure if all of the players that have been involved in the trade have done their physicals um, until every single player that's been in a trade does their physicals and passes them, you, you're not eligible to play. So we're hoping to be able to talk to Quincy today, and hopefully he'll be able to practice. And you know we'll we'll have some coverage of him here in um, Michigan and and talk to him about rejoining the team. All right, so uh, tune in to Pelicans.com later today. That's uh, Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Jim, thanks for coming on. Enjoy, uh, uh, stay warm in Detroit for me, please. <laughs> Well, I have plenty of experience of, from growing up in the north, so uh, I'll try to do the best I can. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Don't lay by the pool today. That's all I say. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely know no better than that. Okay, good. <laughs> good. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to college football as uh, Tulane's head coach Curtis Johnson will help me break down the national championship. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. 
time now to talk a little college football. The Ohio State Buckeyes are your national champions. And joining me now to help me break down the game and give an update on the program is Tulane head football coach Curtis Johnson. Curtis, always a pleasure having you on the program. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show. What a great show. Anytime, Curtis. First, before we get an update on Tulane, let's start with the national championship last night. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on the game. Uh, what stood out to you last night? Well, you know, I thought Coach Meyer did a fantastic job getting those guys ready. You know, when I was at the University of Miami, we played the Ohio State Buckeyes. And when I saw those guys come out before the opening kickoff, it reminded me, of, you know, you knew it was going to be a war. Initially, I thought the offensive line really dominated Ohio State's offensive line. You know, they were gashing them. They were getting holes one after another. I thought the big quarterback settled in. And without the minus the turnovers, golly, I mean, it could have been it could have been real ugly. You know, it's just the defensive pressure. You know, I thought Ohio State did a great job mix, mixing their pressures. It, it was it was a good game for Ohio State. Absolutely. And you mentioned the turnovers. Would you think a team that turned the ball over four times and lost a turnover battle by three would be hoisting the national championship trophy? Not at all. And it goes back to, you know, what, what your philosophy is. And, and the one thing you, you can't overcome, if you play great defense, and, and, you know, I thought Ohio State had great special teams, but the one thing they did that was, that was perfect, they ran the football. And if you can run the football, you can probably come back from any insurmountable odds. Absolutely, Coach. Um, before I get to Tulane, I want to talk about the new playoff system. You know, this is the first year, and if we were still with the old BCS system, we would have seen Alabama and Florida State play for the national t championship. And look, in the in the playoff, we had Oregon and Ohio State with the four seed end up winning it. Do you like the new playoff system? You know, I like it a little bit better than it, than it was before because it gives more teams an opportunity. You know, and, and I would say this, you know, the TCU fans, I understand them. But if, if it was open up just one more weekend, you know, I think it would be more it would be more of, of that type of system where, you know, eight teams, you have a true champion. But but I like this system. I like it. I thought it was a two exciting weekends of football. It was it was good for the football fans. I agree 100 percent with you, coach. Uh, let's talk about your team, the Tulane Green Wave um, in uh, your first season in the American Athletic Conference. Um, first, I want to touch on the new football stadium. The first time playing on campus in 40 years. What was it like in the uh, Yulman Stadium? You know, it was awesome. You know, our stadium is it's not the biggest stadium in the world, but it's a state-of-the-art stadium. The Glacier Club is phenomenal. Where these students are, this student section now, it's something that we never had ever in, in the Superdome. It, it, it's just a pleasure to be back on campus. You see the tailgating. You see what college football is all about. But this stadium now, it is, it is, it is awesomely amazing. What can you take away from your team uh, in, their, in your first year with the new conference? You know what? This conference is a little bit more physical than, than we were accustomed to a year ago in Conference USA, and athletes are a little bit better, which we knew that going into it. You know, I think our team hung in there well. You know, we we were we was not equipped to you know play and defeat some of these teams, but I think it was a learning experience having a lot of. We had the most true fre freshmen and true freshmen playing. We had 34 young under fre freshmen playing for us, and in the amount of plays, it was just. But it was great experience. I'm eager and excited about next year. When you look at your schedule in that tough American Athletic Conference, six teams in the conference made a bowl game. You guys played eight teams um, that ended up going to a bowl game. Does that type of tough schedule help these young guys develop? Yeah, I think so. You know, you, you would like to have a little softer schedule where you, where they can get a little bit confidence. You know, I think their confidence was a little bit beat up this year. But, but I'm telling you, you know, as you watch them, you watch them hanging there, you watch our defense, how they play, they ran around well. You know, our quarterback, Tanner Lee, he got better and better each week. You know, these young receivers are, are just – I'm excited about those guys. So just to know that they can play on the same field with some of these football teams 
and go toe-to-toe with him, I think that experience will really help us in the future. Talk about some of the guys that are going to return next season. Um, who are some of the players that stuck out to you this season that we'll see next year? You know, you know, you know. I, I love our running game. You know, I love our running backs. You know, you talk talk about Sherman Batty, who's just a, a shot. In the, I mean, he could just fly. And with Cedric Thompson, is a great runner, also a power runner. And then this guy Trail Hill that we finally got a hill, you know, on our on our team at Tulane, and he's a phenomenal runner. These backs are awesome. I love our quarterback Tanner Lee. He's a you know perfect pro style quarterback. He'll get better and better each time. These three young receivers are outstanding. They're awesome. And on the defensive side, we have a Marley, uh, Bob Marley's grandson, Nico Marley. Our secondary, you know, with Perry, with Perry Nickerson, done. He was a freshman All-American, and uh, uh, Darian Monroe's one of the leaders back there. So we're pretty good. You know, we start to get better and better, you know, offensively and defensively. We're talking with Tulane head football coach Curtis Johnson. Coach, I want to go back to the conference real quick. I would say another big positive for this team was also getting the chance to play on television. All your games were on TV. 11 of the 12 were on the ESPN Family and Networks. How big is it for your school to get that exposure, uh, not only for the team, but also for recruiting? You know, well, that's one of the things that you, you got you to say the plus, plus, pluses for this conference. is You're on television every week. They do a great job marking our players, marking our, our football team. And just being able to see what we're doing, you know, nationwide, you just, it's just, uh, it's just for these kids, it's the best, best thing in the world. And for recruits, they can't say now, you know, well, I'm not on TV, but because you can see us every week. And you can take the later game, you can watch it over and over. Our guys watch their highlights all the time. It's really fun being on television. Absolutely. Okay, Coach, what are you guys working on in the next couple months? I know signing day is around the corner. Is that the focus right now? And then once signing day is over, what's the schedule like for the remainder of the school year? Well, here's what we here's what we got. We got signing date, which is probably the most important part of your program, is getting these next, you know, from, from 20 to, to 25 kids in, in on campus, getting those guys, getting the right kids at Tulane. As you know, Tulane is a very academic school. It's just it's a tough school. Then after that, you know, we get them prepared for spring ball. We have a little bit of off-season practice. Then the day after Mardi Gras, Ash Wednesday, we start our spring practice. I like to get in early because then if there's any injuries or anything, we can get that. And then after that, I like our kids to get academically sound, get their academics together after spring ball. So we have an early spring ball and then summer workouts, and we we chomping at the bit to come back in August and get ready to win us this conference championship. Absolutely. It's almost there. The season ended yesterday, but it seems like it's just around the corner now with the spring practices <laughs> and the recruiting day. It never stops there. Um, coach, that's head coach Curtis Johnson from Tulane. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, and hopefully we'll have you on uh, maybe after signing day to talk about some of your new recruits. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much, Daniel. No problem. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Throw me something! <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beans, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, January 21st at 7 when the Los Angeles Lakers come to town. It's Oshner Health and Fitness Night with the first 8,000 fans receiving a free Pelicans aluminum water bottle courtesy of Oshner. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $19. 
Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, we had a great show today. Our thanks to Dell Demps, Jim Eichenhofer, and Curtis Johnson for coming on today's show. Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair tomorrow from Detroit, Michigan, where the Pelicans will look to bounce back against the Pistons. We hope to hear from Quincy Pondexter on tomorrow's show, and we'll definitely hear from David Wesley, as it is a Wesley Wednesday. And, of course, you never know who else will stop by. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Black Blue Report to get the lineup each day, and you can follow me at D Salerson. I hope everyone stays warm today, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on the show. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.